You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. everybody and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasse and along with our producer Alex Diaz, we'd like to welcome you this morning and thank you for joining us. We are not live today, so unfortunately no opportunity for live call-ins or questions, but as always feel free to reach out to us by email at thh at radiomaria.ca. Also follow us on Instagram at the Health Hub RMC or you can uh, check out our Facebook page. Always interesting things to put on that we put on there and um, you'll be kept abreast of guests that are upcoming on our show. How are you this morning, Alex? I'm keeping well, thanks. That's great. That's great. We have a great show today. Now, we're going to start off our foodie uh, part of our show a little bit differently than before. Um, Instead of a recipe this time, I'm going to talk to you about some of the processes or one process involved in eating that I think is as important as the nutrients that you're putting in your food, and that's eating in a relaxed environment. So this is a little bit different, but you know, you put all that effort into your food and to nutrition and to recipes, but understanding that if we don't eat in a relaxed environment, we'll throw away all that effort. When we're in a stressed environment, when we are, you know, seated down or racing out the door or or racing to the table, we are not relaxed. And when we aren't relaxed, we're not able to digest. We have two modes um, in our nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic system. They can't operate at the same time. So understanding that you need to take a bit of a pause before you eat to get into the proper headspace as I said, as is as important as the nutrients in your food. For some of us, that's saying grace, perhaps. Others, it's sitting at the table and taking a deep breath. Whatever you find that will get you into that right, uh, right space to eating, it's important. So there you go, a little bit different than what we're used to, but uh, just as important. So today's guest is Jagger Gordon. And um, by the end of the show, you're going to be inspired by this man. He is a Canadian, he is an executive chef, a caterer, and he is the founder of Feed Families, a freezer program, and Feed It Forward community food program. I visited uh, Jagger's website, Feed It Forward, and I was not only astounded, but I have to say a little bit ashamed of of the stats that I read there. And I'm just going to read them out to you to help you put things into perspective On the website, he states that Canada throws away about $31 billion worth of consumable food every year, translating to approximately 40% of all food produced in Canada ending up in landfills, while one in seven or 4.9 million people live in poverty. To me, that is an astounding number. And as I say, I, I had no idea. Did you have any idea, Alex? Not at all. 
No, no. it's 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 something that uh, we need to be aware of. Most of us uh, have abundance and plates full, and and we are not grateful for this. But Jagger has has seen a need. He has a mission to eliminate waste and to help share our Canadian abundance with those in need. So today we're going to spend an hour with Jagger getting to know him, the man, and getting to know his mission, his upcoming projects, and what he is currently doing. So after the break, we will introduce you to Chef Jagger Gordon.
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are with Chef Jagger Gordon. As I said uh, earlier in the show, we are taped today, so no opportunity for calling or questions. But if you need to reach us, again, email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. At the end of the show, we will also have ways for you to contact uh, Chef Jagger. But right now, without further ado, let's introduce him to the show. Welcome, Jagger. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me on this great show. Yeah, it's it's really our pleasure. And, you know, if, if we can do nothing else in this next hour but promote what you're doing, we will have performed a job well done. So before we get into the uh, nuts and bolts of what you do, why don't you give us, you know, the parameters of how you how you started this project, what your background is, uh, where you where you worked before you started uh, Feed It Forward. In the beginning of the Feed It Forward program, my previous employment, I was, um, I paid through my education through the United States Marines. And um, as I grew from there, I saw the copious amounts of food on our ships that I was being deployed on. And uh, we made a program where that when food was to be wasted, instead of dumping it overboard, we uh, did a freezer program on the ships. And when we went into port into these small little villages, we would take our go-fast boats and we would bring in all kinds of great um, meals that we've basically uh, rescued from being dumped overboard, I should say. And uh, we, so the, the cool and great thing was, is as we gave the food to the villagers, they gave us the spice blend, the the atmosphere, the culture, and usually it end up having a dance and something in the matter of uh, introducing what their true lifestyle is. Very interesting. So you brought that concept back to Canada, but at what point in Canada did you see that there was a real need? As a, so when I went through my process of my career change, um, after the military, I became a security specialist and I was traveling abroad. And I saw the uh, the copious amounts of food being wasted everywhere. But when I came back to Canada, I opened up a private investigations firm. And I was never really happy after 10, 11 years of it. So my passion was always cooking. I always wanted to create and do different dynamics with food and all the culture and spice blends that I brought back to my palate to Canada. And from there... What happened was is uh, I hung up my ego as in the position that I had, and I opened up a catering business, uh, hiring all kinds of great chefs. And then I said, wait a minute, I need to be the, the leader of all this. And so I went to culinary school and traveled a little more and opened up a bigger company when I came back. And here we are at uh, the Feed of Ford program. Maybe you can tell us, you know, I came upon uh, your story on TV, I think I saw you on a TV show being interviewed, and I was I was actually in awe. Now, what is the the line you did? Feed families first, then feed it forward. Is that is that the progression? Yes, in 2014, uh, as a caterer, I had so much food being wasted that I started freezing up these little meals, and then I made a deal with my community by putting a commercial freezer on public or on private property for public access. And eight families were able to um, receive meals on a daily basis for people to family, and that fed about 12,000 meals per year per freezer. 
uh, throughout the community. And that basically my uh, my objective was is knowing that I started watching and the the amount of people that were in need of food. And then I found out the true facts of how many children were going hungry. And I started understanding that a hungry uh, stomach is a hungry mind. So these children had to be fed further. So we started doing pop-up kitchens uh, on a weekly basis throughout the city of Toronto. And then it grew, the popularity grew, the, the numbers grew. And then with working with the amount of volunteers that came at hand and with the amount of food that was coming forth, I started and I was able to expand my program even further uh, to where we opened up a uh, shipping container transformed into a restaurant that had a um, uh, accessibility to feed two to 300 people a day on nutritionally uh, balanced meals. Where's that located? That's at Bathurst and Dundas in downtown Toronto at the Scadden Court Community Centre, 707 Dundas Street West. It's a uh, 48-foot shipping container transformed into a uh, restaurant where it allows people to come up to the window and receive a meal, pay what you can or pay it for it or pay nothing at all. But the greatest thing was is throughout the summer, we had, an, we had a farmer out in Whitby, they are, Greenwood Farms, offered us a farm of 200 acres to utilize and grow whatever we would need for our program. So we grew over 20,000 pounds of, or we yielded 20,000 pounds of vegetables. And not only that we had the soup salad sandwiches at the soup bar, but we opened up and still do have uh, an open air market where we allow organic products to be donated or given to anyone in need so you can come up and fill your bag up and pay a dime or nothing or whatever you would like to pay and some people are very generous some people will take what they need for the day and offer five twenty dollars which is great which pays for our, our program and it's nice to see the the recipients of this program the smiles we put on the faces and the best part is is out of the 203 volunteers that we've taken on, the majority of them were recipients of our program that were taking or getting food from us and who are now giving back to their own community. That's amazing. Is your, uh, the soup, the soup kitchen open daily, the restaurant? The soup, it's called the soup bar. The soup bar. And yeah, the difference between a soup kitchen and soup bar is we, um, there's no, nothing asked for free. There's, we work on a token system. So if you walk in and if you cannot afford a, an organic soup, salad, sandwich, and beverage, you can, for every 250 that's collected, buys a, um, a token chip where someone that does not have money can walk right up to the window, receive a poker chip, and utilize that as currency for a bag of groceries or food itself. And how many people do you think you feed on a weekly basis or a yearly basis with this? Uh, well, we're not. We're only working in on our sixth month, and we are feeding over twelve to sixteen hundred people a week. How are you spreading the news to to people in need uh, that that you're available? the The word spreads like wildfire when you're doing a good thing. Okay. Uh, I can, throughout the community that I'm I am in right now in Toronto, uh, we are at its fullest because everyone seems to have known. Social media is a very big thing, word by mouth, and the press. Maybe I was looking on your website, and you have a petition. Uh, I, I'm unaware of the legalities uh, and what, what may hinder 
your abilities to do more for people. So can you tell us about the petition that you have? And then we'll go into uh, the Canadian laws, perhaps, that prohibit certain groups or businesses from donating food? Well, see, there's a misconception here in Canada, and I'm going to be the hooligan that exposes this. We have what's called the Good Samaritans Law. In 1994, there was a law that was in place that allows anyone to give food in good standing and receive it in good standing, that there can never be a liability. Now, the the faux pas seems to be coming from all these um, insurance companies that put umbrellas on people by saying, if you give something that's coming up to its optimal fresh estate, or if it, if it expires, that you could be sued you could be sued um, and you you will be liable. Well, understandably. Now, if you're giving a product that's not edible, then I, then I get that. But if something comes up to its expiry date, as we so call it, but the optimal freshness date, is, which means the marketing scheme of it as if the, if the product is coming up to its due date, which means it's time to get rid of it or throw it away, it's not the technical term. What it means is, is that the manufacturer cannot guarantee the freshness or the quality of it, but yet it's time to take it off the shelves or off your own shelf. So what I'm trying to educate people with is by saying with the food that's coming up to its optimal freshness state, it can still be utilized. And being having that said, I literally at this present day have a 18-wheeler of 20, 18-wheeler, I have 28 skids of organic juices and grass-fed cheese mac and cheese which are the world's most expensive mac and cheese boxes and they're being diverted from the landfills because they've come up to the Salkmo fresh estate and they're being delivered to three first nations uh, children's groups so what? the feed of four program is now working with the first nations and delivering enormous amounts of food to people in need so when you do have something that comes up to its Salkmo fresh estate utilize it or donate it. There's no reason to throw it away. Now, don't get me wrong. When we come up to poultry or dairy products, the the old sniff and taste test always does work. But when we're dealing with a lot of product, then I understand. Well, who would be the judge that that would state that the food is past its optimum, especially we're talking um, organic and fresh food? It'd be hard to put a, a stamp on when that's gone bad, other than, as you say, if it looks rotten. Right. So... You know, in theory, when we deal with fresh fruit, that's a different story. So if we're dealing with uh, fruits and vegetables, then we always know what a fruit and vegetable looks like, if it's still edible or not, or if it's blemished, parts of it can be cut off. When we deal with proteins, then there's a different story. But usually, there's they're just giving the optimal fresh estate, allowing you to know that it's coming up to it, and we might have to have to dispose of it. But if you eat it or freeze it before it comes to that timeline, and it's still edible on the day of when you thought. Well, then explain to me then how you are able to deliver all of this when you're working on volunteer basis, on donation basis. How are you able to transport all of this product? This is the theory of everything that's happening right now. And the reason why I have a petition online is because Italy and France have made it mandatory and law that any food that's edible has to be donated or based on, or you will be imprisoned or with a hefty fine. So the petition here that I've started in Canada with over 97,000 signatures um, have 
it's to make a law in place that any food that is edible needs to be donated. And that is what my objective is and what the principle of all and everything should be done because logistically, people need to be getting tax credits for transportation, for the, the sense of the carbon trail of that product that is coming up to its expiry date or food that needs to be diverted from landfills and given to people in need. Because um, we are taxpayers, and in, in technical terms, not the in with with logistics and everything, it's actually 107 billion dollars worth of food annually here in Canada that we are wasting. On that is filling up our landfills and leaving a heavy carbon trail. And if we can challenge, if we could chip away at that just a little bit, then we're making progress. But with a law in place, I think the dynamics will change quite a bit. And in theory of that, I've created a few apps that are that are challenging the food wastage, too. Well, I know in France, because I've actually written about this, and in Europe, I'm not sure how, how far it stands with the country. The, the actual grocery stores sell ugly fruit uh, because people won't buy, a lot of people won't buy, so they sell ugly fruit at a discount. And they're also making soups with this and making juices with this and making them affordable. It's not to the extent where it's a, a pay-as-you-go sort of idea, but they're definitely farther forward than, than our thinking here. When when we get back from our break, what I'd like to is get into these apps and, and future projects that you're working with and also talk about the logistics of getting all this food where you need it to be. So when we return from our break, we will, we will get into these aspects with uh, Jagger Gordon. We'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you very much. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touch down in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos All those people going somewhere Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms with the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet does her best to smile at me To hide what's underneath There's a man just to right Black suit and a bright red tie Too ashamed to tell his wife He's out of work, he's buying time All those people going somewhere Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 
eyes so I can't see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Give me your eyes Lord, give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your heart for the broken hearted Give me your heart Lord, give me your eyes so I can see You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. From break, we're talking with Chef Jagger Gordon from Feed It Forward. And he he's just doing incredible things for people in need. And we want to spend this half of our show working or talking to Jagger about what he is working on, his apps, also how you might be able to, to get involved if you are so inclined. I'm sure there are many ways for you to become involved with the project. But Jagger, before we get into that, maybe you could tell us a little bit of some of the, the setbacks or some of the, the obstacles you have had uh, working up to what you're doing right now. You know, having such community power, having everyone behind me, next to me, in and walking forward with me is incredible. This is a community-driven program, and that feedofforward.ca, people have, have registered themselves to volunteer on many levels where we have everything listed that they can volunteer for. But what, how it's worked was is, after, you know, even if they were to give a contribution or a, or a small donation, they're able to come in with that donation and watch where the uh, the funds go. And that's what's beautiful because in this project, the feedofor.ca and Feed Families, uh, I've been funding everything myself. And we don't have any provincial, federal, or any grants given to us, or let alone we do not have any corporate sponsors yet. Now we're starting to open up the gates. By building, since we've built all the foundation and the blocks, uh, building blocks of this beautiful house that we've created, it's now to show that, you know what, all right, so I've established this, I did it on my own. In other words, I financed everything. And it now, and that's been the hardest hurdle because playing Robin Hood with myself, taking a little mm-hmm. bit for myself and giving more to others was the greatest idea. But my programs are getting larger and bigger and I want to expand, but it just takes financing. So now we're opening up the doors by saying, hey, you want to help out? Come on down or give us a monetary donation online and let's make things happen. So that's been the hardest thing is just the financing of everything. Cause I have the creative direction. I have the ideas, but the ideas are only good as when they aren't put into action and everything that I've put into action, which we'll talk further about it. it it's one of a kind in this world. And it's amazing. Is this your full-time job? Unfortunately, I'm a caterer and this is what supports all the, and I shouldn't say, unfortunately, I am very passionate about my food and I create all forms of dynamics from, 
you know, all types of cuisines around the world, even from a, what's called molecular gastronomic techniques, which is bringing science into food. I'm the wow mm-hmm. factor of all types of food. But the that's what pays all these programs. So I'll do catering three times a week and and <laughs> through the day or night and the rest of the 18 hours that I put into it, you're usually put into the feed of forward. And what's the name of so your catering company? Pardon me? What's the name of your catering company? Jagger Gordon Catering. JaggerGordon.com. Great, and I assume... And, uh, that, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. sorry. Feed of Ford is just, uh, it's literally, it is my full-time job. Um, but it's not a job, it, it's it's a passion of my, and it's a part of my life and the, and the lives of my volunteers. So let's get into the dynamics of this food delivery process, because this is another thing that I, I was, you know, as I was looking through rules and regulations and so forth, my understanding, and maybe I'm incorrect about this, is that delivering this food is also a barrier for people who want to donate. Again, I'm not sure what the regulations are amongst um, the large grocery chains, if they are uh, if they are allowed to have this, they're allowed to go by this Good Samaritan law, or if they are bound by federal or provincial regulation. But my understanding was that this is a, a setback to be able to afford to deliver product to you. You know, it's fair to say because we have the Food and Safety Act here, and basically, if you were to transport thing, uh, transport food refrigerated, then there would be actually no issues whatsoever. So that's that's the, one of the biggest hurdles we're running into is uh, receiving or purchasing a refrigerated truck. Mm-hmm. And once we have that refrigerated truck or anyone that has a refrigerated truck, anything can be transported without any issues. Okay. All right. Now let's get um, on to, I want to spend a good amount of time here talking about your future projects because they are inspiring. So let's talk Thanks. about the apps that you're doing and really get into um, when this, the apps will be out or if they've already been developed and they're, they're ready for, for um, people to use. But let, let's talk about that for a little bit. All right. So there's one app that's called Feedback. Feedback's new to the country where two great dynamic guys have created this app to allow food to be reduced at certain times through restaurants. Now, when restaurants have a turnover and they're switching over from their lunch to their dinner menus, they have products that are left over. And a lot of people um, in the industry just throw that stuff away because they cannot utilize it the following day or they cannot have a special night taking the lunch uh, projects into their next menu. So this app, uh, feedback.ca, allows people to... Uh, in the restaurant to reduce their food costs and food rates. And then people in the area, it'll pop up and say, hey, this restaurant's offering your favorite dish at a subsidized price. The cool part where we get involved is that we've, um, we've raised Uber dollars where now that any food that does not sell at the participating restaurants, we will send an Uber by feet of Ford and have it picked up and delivered to our feed of Ford kitchen where we can divert that food and give it to people in need instead of throwing it out. So there's this great uh, um, calculation of how much food also on the app that it, it actually calculates how much food we're diverting from landfills. And it's more, it's pretty cool how the system's going to take off. Now it's just, we've done a soft launch here in Toronto and it's only been running for three weeks, but I think there's over 45 restaurants that have signed up so far. So we're looking for restaurateurs that really want to take a, a conscious effort into the community and help others, but also save from the, the food from the landfills. 
So the type of restaurants, when you're talking about the turnover between meals, so from lunch to dinner, we're not talking about uh, fast food chain restaurants. We're talking about sit-down restaurants that that cook meals and and maybe a variety of meals. So the issue that might happen is, will these people, will these restaurants want people to be showing up to their place of operation? Or is it better, in fact, to have the food picked up and delivered? Well, that either way, that would be great. But the delivery concept of it is more expensive mm-hmm. um, uh, if it's going ah. to the consumer. But if it's coming to the Feed of Four program, then it's, of course, it's, the benefit, it's beneficial. <laughs> Excuse me. But what's happening now is it's more or less the restaurants who are trying to make a difference and trying to show the community that they are uh, participating in something new. And that, mm-hmm. that's more like what the incentive is here. Not only cutting down the cost of food or having people show up at a certain time during the day to pick up the reduced product, but it's actually saving food from the landfills. Now, are you targeting specific areas where you find the need is greatest, or are you putting this out to everybody in Toronto? I think, the, uh, I think Canada needs to hear all about this. It's, just, it's going to be outside of Toronto. It's going to be Canada. We're focusing on Canada. And again, you're doing this through social media? Uh, social media, yes. Okay, okay. And and what so, is, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then we have one more app, which is something unique of its whole kind and never done in the world. I have this app that I've created, and it now, it's like a Kijiji Uber form of food uh, postings. So you have a social network profiling system that you you log into and it allows you to know where free food's at. So if you're a donor at home and you had half a pizza in your fridge and you knew that pizza's been sitting there for a day and you don't have any interest in it, well, you're able now to take a picture of it, post it, and anyone in the recipients of the program will be able to, in your area, will be able to obtain it at that time that you've indicated for pickup. And so imagine that on a different level. Imagine that having, uh, you know, as a farmer, I have a case of tomatoes or I, I, Nona has a, a pot <laughs> of stew or soup on the, on the stove that she wants to get rid of. There's so many different dynamics that this app will reach out to by diverting food from landfills and also feeding people. It's amazing. Okay. It's amazing, you yeah. know, how it, 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 it gains momentum. Um, and the word, and the, the idea is just to get these out to places that have excess. But you know, I, we sit down again. I, I feel so naive when I when I look at what you're doing and the people that you're reaching. We sit down at dinner and we take for granted that our food is there. And it's it's I, I almost as I said I almost feel a little bit ashamed for not having a better idea of what's going on. But this app could be uh, life changing for many people. It really could. Well, it- See, but the theory of all this and the apps being created, this app, particular one, the free app, um, where, you know, it's also has an algorithm where it calculates how much food each area of the city and country is saving. So let alone that you are posting the free food, but you're also calculating and indicating how much food the weight, how much the food weighs and uh, how much food's being diverted from landfills, because technically you'd be throwing that food out. So no. it's going to be a, it's going to be like a more of a competition between uh, regions and cities and stuff. And I'm dying to see how it's all going to play out. Yeah, I was just thinking this could be a competition between restaurants. You know, get on board, stop wasting the yep. food, sort of thing. Um, have you ever thought of 
of like breakfast programs or, or into schools or hospitals. You know, I think of hospitals and the food that um, I guess you have to be very careful about the hospitals, but going into places like that, like institutions, have you ever thought okay. of, of hitting those areas? Thank you for mentioning that. So starting in January, uh, I've been I've been working with the hooligans of University of Toronto. So the professors uh, and a few surgeons from the Toronto General Hospital have come to me eight months ago in regards to the food wastage um, and also to the fact that 40,000 students last year at University of Toronto uh, have went hungry. Mm. And, the, and the worst part is, is University of Toronto last year raised $1.3 billion. So student body and the professor, some of the professors have come to me and saying we need to do a program. So we've created an app where it allows the students to um, see what food's available. And starting in January, the Feed of Four program is going to be feeding 25 to 35,000 subsidized meals to the students for a three-month program uh, pilot project to sh- you know, showcase the food that we are rescuing um, and make them into uh, meals, bi-weekly meal packaging for them. So when you go online to look at my app, you'll be able to see what foods are available, you can combine your meal packaging and we will deliver it to you for the same price that ramen noodles and craft dinner would have cost us uh, when we went to uh, school. Hmm. So there's going to be, the theory, the uh, way I'm looking at it is I'm starting with university students because they're going to be our future policymakers. Mm-hmm. And an empty stomach is an empty mind. And I do believe that mental, uh, mental illnesses start from the stomach. Because if you have an empty stomach continuously, your mind's going to continuously be empty. So I need to feed these new policymakers so they can understand the dynamic and uh, and what changes and how we are trying to save all this food from the landfills. And the coolest part about this program is that these the recipients of the subsidized food at the University of Toronto students, uh, the members have to come into the kitchen at least an hour a month to uh, give back and create the food that for the next following uh, team that comes through. That's great. You know, there's such an opportunity for students to get involved um, in the high school level, too, because the kids have to have, I think, I don't know, it's different with every school, but they have to have about 40 hours of volunteer service. So uh, it seems to me the only thing lacking for you is manpower. You've got the apps in place, you've got the foresight, you've got the compassion, and now you need the people to help. And yes. Let me just touch base with the collegiate side. I have uh, the high school. I have actually one of the uh, highest rated high schools students. I have a co-op program that I'm running with them. And the co-op students are actually working with the Feed of Four program. So we've touched base taking these some of these overly privileged children and bringing them onto the street level and showing them the dynamics of how to give back to people in need in their own community. So that we've touched. We have also reached out to, uh, to elementary schools by discussing how we can give them a healthier, sustainable um, menu program with utilizing the number two ugly fruits and vegetables from our Ontario food market, uh, our uh, food uh, terminal. So we've been reaching out to everything. It's just like you said, we need more manpower and we need more donations to make all this happen. What our biggest obstacle now we're facing is finding a location because the soup bar that we have is is not heated. (laughs) And this is the hardest part about it. Throughout the winter, it's going to be a challenge. Okay, it's going to be a challenge um, to keep everything warm and especially my cold storages 
they are uh, things are freezing up. So, and I'm paying for all my storage units uh, as we speak. So we're looking for a brick and mortar. We're looking for someone to donate or to subsidize their rents where I can have a, a shop where I can cook, serve, and provide a hot meal for people on a daily basis, seven days a week like we do at the soup bar, but where someone can come in and keep warm also. Mm-hmm. So that's what our next goal is, is to find a kitchen that and a storefront that someone, or even a, a warehouse of some sort, where we can feed people. Because I have so many people knocking on my door, willing to give me food, and that want food. And I just need a place where I can transfer it all together. Are you bumping into certain regulations when it comes to uh, the place where you're doing this as well? I am finding that I don't have enough space. And I'm finding that in the area I am, I'm at, I'm been told that I'm taking away from the other businesses. So I have to maintain a, um, I have to be a little more discreet on how big and, and wonderful I can get, I guess, in certain areas, but I would love to be brought into an area where it's going to be receptive, where all people are in need of it with money and without money. Cause the concept of having a pay what you can free grocery store slash soup bar is a dynamic. It's a, it, it has to be done. Mm-hmm. And I am going to do it. So I'm raising money and it's going to happen. Like this Christmas, I'm hosting at the Dufferin Mall, the first of its kind. Primaris Properties um, own many malls throughout North America and manage them. And they've come to us and said, we love the Feed of Four program. We would love to work with you. So the coolest thing that's happening now, on December 16th, I'm hosting a chef's competition in the mall from 12 to 5 p.m., where I have three top chefs come in and they're going to utilize and create samples of uh, leftover turkeys. So we're going to teach thousands of people how to utilize and 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 create uh, great dishes from leftover turkeys. Because imagine uh, after our turkey dinner, we always have the same thing for the next couple of days. It's a, it's a joke. But having new recipes and being shown how to, to do it and actually trying it is pretty cool. And the public awareness of what we're trying to do with this at the Dufferin Mall on the 16th of December is to showcase that, yes, you can use leftovers, but we're also raising um, the proceeds for the samples that we're giving out are raising money because we're going to be feeding over 2,000 people at the Queen West Community Health Center at Bathurst and Queen Street, uh, 2,000 turkey dinners. And we're also providing, a to- we would like to get a toy drive going on the 16th of December also where we can receive toys so we can give it to all the children that will be coming to the open door uh, meal. Uh, we're going to be running on Christmas Day, feeding over 2,000 people. And for the people that cannot uh, show up for the elderly or such, the handicapped, we'll have volunteer drivers, and we're looking for volunteer drivers at feedafford.ca to uh, drive meals to people that are lonely, are orphaned, and we could sit down with them and spend half an hour or an hour with them and have a discussion as we they break bread together. So it's about bringing community together and giving back to everybody because on that day, you know, we are so gifted to have our lives, but there's so many struggling that are just trying to maintain their lives. And why can we not work together and make everyone equal? Mm-hmm. Christmas can be an awfully lonely time. Right. And it's for a lot of people that are not even celebrating Christmas, but celebrating the festive holidays mm-hmm. are would love to participate, which is great. Or that are lonely also. I mean, there's so many lonely souls out there. We just need to fulfill them with the love. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, you're talking about um, your your event. Uh, is is a corollary or a spinoff for this in your mind ever to try and teach people to cook with basic products that you're supplying them? So, in theory, what we do also is at the soup bar, not only that uh, we give away the organic vegetables that we've harvested. We, Like I said, we've harvested over 20,000 pounds and we are giving out this organic produce to everyone. A lot of people are, are not aware of how to cook a healthier lifestyle for them. So what we do is we offer in-house or at the location um, cooking lessons. So if you get a bag of produce and you're not too sure how to cook it, we will, because some of us volunteers are chefs, we will direct you and show you how to do it. On a smaller level, yes, but on a larger level, wouldn't it be great? Yeah, that's it's, it's truly amazing. Um, and I hope everybody now has a real sense of why Jagger is such an inspiration. And I hope it also calls you into action because there is so much that can be done. And as Jagger has explained as he's laid out the programs, it's not an onerous thing for you to get involved with. And if people just chip in, his vision can be recognized. So I encourage you to go to his website, feedforward.ca. He's extremely excited. Accessible. He's got people that will answer your emails because he's a very busy man. But get involved. And at the very least, go and visit his website to see what his mission is. Because I, I, I know that it'll be something that you as my listeners will be moved about. So as far as tip of the day goes... My tip of the day for you is to show gratitude, gratitude for the abundance that we have and to show also kindness to those that are in need. Because as you've heard, there are so many and we don't see it all. Some of us are from neighborhoods where we would have no idea of what's going on between, uh, you know, between dawn and dusk in people's in people's lives. So thank you, Jagger. You're an inspiration to us all. I hope to keep in touch with you and I will definitely be watching as you evolve. And I, everybody, thank you for listening. And we will join you again next week on The Health Hub. Thank you very much and have a powerful day. And we'll see you at feedofforward.ca. Thank you, Jagger. to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.